listening to Vantage Point Podcast, dedicated to giving godly perspective to everyday living. Let's get into this week's episode. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Vantage Point Podcast, where we bring insight, keys, and perspective to daily living through the lens of God. I'm your host, Nick, and welcome to Season 4 of Vantage Point Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Um, If you've been with us over the summer, we just finished an amazing eight-week series called Persons of Interest Summer Takeover, where I had... um, Live guests uh, for each week where they have their own message. Uh, I just did the intro, and so definitely want to make sure you go check those episodes out. Uh, You don't want to miss a single one, and so just want to extend a personal thank you to all the guests that we have for Summer Takeover, and God knew exactly what he was doing by bringing those people uh, to the Vantage Point stage. Amazing messages by all of them, and so as we kick off season four, I want to just explain a little bit of the layout and how we do things on Vantage Point for any first-time listeners. And so one thing God made it clear to me is, is do series. Don't focus on just one thing all the time other than him. Uh, but what we do is create three to eight episode uh, series where it's based on different themes. We've talked about fatherhood. We've talked about faith. We've talked about who is Jesus Christ? We've talked about so many different things. And so season four is not going to be any different when it comes to that. And I want to let you know that this season, season four, is going to be focused on people. Uh, and not just Bible character people, but it's going to be solely focused on you. It's going to be focused on helping you tackle some key uh, things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis and who we are and ultimately discover who we are in Christ. And so as we go into this new season, it's it's August, right? And so August is a month of transition. We come out of summer where we had this travel time, this rest and relaxation. And for those that recently, right, the pandemic hit and no one's really been anywhere. And so 2021 summer was like a whole different, like a whole new world, right, for everybody. We got to travel a little bit more. We got to get out. And for those that were traveling already, power to you. Uh, But even for me, we got to travel and, and, and see some family and friends that we haven't seen in a while. And so as I sat there and really thought about this series and thought about where we're going, um, something really just stuck out to me is how do we get into this month of transition um, and it all and it becomes a month of tra- uh, not just transition but priority, right? And and so how do we get back? You have kids going back to school, uh, transition from high school to college, elementary to middle school, middle school to high school. People are transitioning jobs, back to going to that grind of the workplace, um, whatever that looks like for anybody, whether you're two or ninety two. There's transition happening in August, and, and one of the questions that kept popping up in my head was, where does God fit into all this? Where do we shift and transition um, our prioritization when it comes to Christ and our relationship with him. And, and even in the summer times, you know, we I've heard it said many times where church attendance is down or tithing is down because people are traveling and it kind of seems like that priority of Christ has shifted, but then it shifts back into that August month. And so as we really dig into this, this series is going to gonna help us. And so for the first series of season four, it's called uh, Back at It, re- uh, Prioritizing Our Relationship in Christ. And so we wanted to kick off I wanted to kick off week one uh, with an amazing guest he he was on the summer takeover series and I'm going to bring him to the stage and, and I'm going to let him introduce himself and this is Pastor Gerald Benton out of Atlanta Georgia ATL so go ahead Pastor let us know a little bit about yourself I'm Gerald Benton co-founder 
of Impart Ministries International, and I'm also the president and founder of DPK Ministries, which is a man's a men's ministry on um, identifying your roles as a male, biblical role as a male. And I'm so excited, Nick, to to join you today and and to get started. I'm excited. Yes, sir. And so we, we're going to jump into it, man. I'm so happy you're here. Um, like I, t- I told uh, Pastor Gerald when we did the summer takeover, like that wasn't going to be the first one. This goes a lot deeper than one episode. And so just so thankful to have you here in the insight. And we're going to really dig into this prioritization conversation because um, especially with PPK, we're going to really dig into that because we talked about school transitions. We talked about work transitions, but we didn't talk about one, especially when it comes to men. Um, and that's football season. And so it seemed like everything take a back seat uh, coming these next few months. And so we, we're going to tackle it. We're going to talk about it. I told you this se- this season is about you. It's about helping you un- uncap some things and unlock some things. And so with the first question I want to bring out, uh, Pastor Gerald, is so when it came to, you know, I mentioned pandemic, right? And we know 2020 was crazy. Um, and then people thought, oh, man, 2021 it's got to be better than 2020. And, I mean, I guess it depends on who you are. Uh, but 2021 <laughs> doesn't seem to be all that different in some aspects, right? But for the most part, if we had to compare the two years, one slightly better, but still nonetheless, we're still dealing with things. We're still dealing with pandemics. We're still dealing with uh, civil unrest and police. All these things we're dealing with, right, and trying to get back to um, a, a rhythm and a routine. But I wonder, how do you think, when you look back at 2020 and even what we've been through in 2021, where do you see that prioritization of the relationship with Christ over this pandemic? How has it, how has it impacted that? Well, for one, I really believe, Nick, that um, during these two years, it helps you identify who you really are. It helps you to identify what is important to you because you start looking at around and look at what society is happening in society. And it it, it tries to um, give you a, a different perspective of where you are, who you are, where you're living. It, it really affects it. And so if you don't have a solid, like truly solid in knowing who you are in Christ, um, everything around you will scare you. Everything around you will make you waver on what you believe, what you should believe, what you think, how you think, because other people's perspectives, other people's beliefs would, would try to affect you. And for me, these past two years, it made me get closer to God. It made me literally reading the Bible is, is supposed to reconcile you back to God. Like, bring you closer to God. And so these two years for me personally um, allowed me to get closer to God by studying, um, just meditating, just having the opportunity to just talk to God. Like, what is going on? Tell me what do I need to do? How do I help in, help someone? How do I? Because the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. So I took this time to make sure that I'm in right standings with God, just literally in right standings with God. To be able to help someone, I want to make sure that I'm right, that I don't 
lead someone in the wrong direction. And, and that's so good, Pastor, because I think th- there's I, I've I've gotten kind of two thoughts when it came to people uh, over this year, right, in their relationship and how they prioritize it. It was either people held on even more to God and really dug deep into it, or it was the other end of it, and it was like, I'm just throwing out, just, we, he got to be coming back, because this is just, you know, and so people get into that space, and and so when you think about it, and I think that's so good, because I talked to somebody, and they were like, 2020 was the best year I ever had, you know, and it was like, like, and for some people hearing that, it's like, do you know what was going on? And I think that's so key, because to me, that is evidence of that prioritization, right? And yes, you, that doesn't mean you're oblivious to what's going on. That means you're, that probably to me, it means you're more aware. You're more in tune with what's going on because you're in tune with who's in control of what's going on. And, and so when you think about that, um, you know, why do you think it's hard for people to keep Jesus as that priority, to keep that relationship a priority? Um, a lot of it is, it's the, the way society is, is built. Um, it, it, the drive that you have for success or to have things, um, to be something and to being, not being able to, um, have that foundation of who you are biblically and who, whose you belong to. And so with that being said, your career can, can drive you, your, your marriage can drive you, your hobbies can drive you, whatever it may be can drive you and you will lose focus of the thing that is in pro- a, a priority that should be a priority in your life. I, I can remember sports being the driving force of my everyday and Christ wasn't in, in even in the midst from you know, being a little kid to a grown adult and being a coach, I would spend my time coaching and not enough time spending, you know, on on Sundays or Wednesdays or whatever the days is, spending that time with God. And so my foundation wasn't solid. My foundation was, it was, it was shaking. And so with that being said, when you look at the way society is going, it's, it's, it's either I'm in or you out. There's there's literally no gray area in between. You know, the Bible says God speaks out lukewarm. So it's either you're going to be hot or you're going to be cold. And I'd rather be, I'd rather be hot for God and be in his will and doing it his way. Because like you, you just said a second ago about 2020, when I can tell you that the past two years have been favorable, I mean, we're talking about harvest. We're talking about transition. God transitioned our ministry and what we were doing. And, and during a pandemic, we didn't lose anything. We, we literally gained in this, in this pandemic time. And, and I look back at other ministries. I look back at other people. I look back at, and I'm thinking that, my God, in these two years, all you asked me to do was get closer to you. All you ask me to do is to to follow your instructions. And as the head of my family, I follow those instructions and I watch the ministry flourish. I watch the 
the mentoring programs flourish. I've watched everything that we did flourish. And, and I know it was nobody but God because it wasn't anything that we did that was special. We just actually followed God's instructions and we yielded ourselves to it. And that is so good because I, you know, and I mentioned earlier, like this is August seems to be that month. And I, and I, and I love how God showed it to me because I don't think I ever looked at August like that. You know, this is like, we talked about school and sports and, and work and, and travel comes down, you know, all of these things are happening. All of these things are going on. Um, with people in their lives. And, and, and when you think about that, like you talked about it, like you, you had this rooted mentality and I know, um, during the pandemic and I know, you know, we keep saying it, we keep talking about it because it's real, because I think there's this lingering elephant in the room when it comes to 2020, like people were so quick to get out of it. They were so quick to move on from it that they really didn't take the time to learn from it. You know what I'm saying? They didn't take the time to to plant themselves. They just wanted to uproot and go. You know, it was like, like it was almost like you lived in a bad neighborhood and you was like, I'm ready to go. Like, we got to go. This is ridiculous. I just bought this house and, and we got to go. Like, this is ridiculous. And, but yet, what did you take away from it? And, and even as we transition into, and you hear all, all these competing things going on in the world, you know, the CDC is pulling you this way. This politician's pulling you that way. This group is pulling you that way. And it's so many competing priorities for our minds, our thoughts. Um, when you think about transition, I'm, I'm curious, how do you get people, how do you help people transition back into Christ? How do you have them do it? Because the truth of the matter is, there's people that are listening that have turned away, they've shifted away. Um, and even in this series, we're going to look at um, a story in John where the disciples, and this is after Jesus has has died and, and been resurrected to heaven, and he appears to them, and they're doing the thing they were doing when they first met him. They're fishing. So they went back to, oh, we're just going to go fish now. He ain't here no more. Like, eh, this is what we're going to do, right? So how do you help people in their mind? And you talked about PPK ministry, so I want to really get into that and, and and how that came to be and how do you help men specifically reposition and refocus themselves back on that relationship with Christ? Um, for one, it's, it's um, I, I tell my testimony of where I come from and the struggles that I've had and I've had many struggles to come out of addictions and um, marriage failure, uh, financial failure. and I mean, you kind of name it, um, all kinds of rejection, abandonment, you know, suicidal thoughts. So I've had a variety of things. And, and I used to ask God over and over, why do I have to, why can't this stuff just be gone? Why can't I just get away from any of this stuff? But in the midst of it, there was a learning process um, that I had to learn how to deal with, how to um, survive, how to, um, to deal with spiritual warfare, and to and to literally have faith, um, believe what the believing what the word says, and having faith that what I believe is is real. What I believe will come to pass, and being in that place 
um, God just over a time period, God just continued to teach me how to um, come out, how to transition from a drug addict to to a, a, a son of God, how to transition from um, from poverty and lack to exceedingly abundantly, to transition from a, a, a deadbeat dad to a, a positive dad, a role model, um, a good father, uh, from a bad husband to a good husband. I mean, just so many different levels that I had to go through. And so when I'm talking to men um, and I'm talking to them about their life, we're just talking real. We're not talking Bible, but we're talking real. And, and as we're talking real, I'm able to relate um, stories um, the word in that they can they can relate to that will help them to understand the situation that they're in and where is it going to take them and how do I how how do I stand on this how do I I walk this thing out what does it look like and so we I take them through the steps of what it's going to look like you, yes you're going to have ups and downs but what do you what do you say do you what kind of prayers are you going to pray what kind of declarations? If they don't even know what a prayer is, if they don't know what a declaration is, then I help them with a prayer. I help them with a declaration. And you know, Nick, I've been in so many scenarios that it's not even funny to me anymore because I coached a semi-pro football team that the young men were ranged from the street to entrepreneurs. And so it was, they were different and they had different concepts. They had different beliefs. But the one thing that they all wanted was someone to to be real with them and to be authentic with them and to be transparent with them. And that's what I brought, a transparency that, yes, you might have ups and downs, yes, but this is what I did. This is how I did it. And if you if you would just listen and, and, and take it, you God will show you what you need. Do you dream? Yes, I dream. Do you have visions? Yes, they have visions. Those things are from God. Those things are a blessing from God. And so he wants to, what father gives you a dream or a vision of something that's prosperous and not want to give it to you? That's not my father. My, fa my, my father will want to give that to you. He's not going to just take it away from you. And when you, when I'm talking to men in this way, it's easier to get the Bible across. Because if they never open up the Bible, they should be able to see a living epistle. They should see somebody living this out. Not not me just giving them lip service, but if, mm -hmm. if the Bible tells me I should love all men, why is it that it's so pop it's so hard for a man to tell another man that I love it? I'm not I'm, I'm not speaking in a in a in a homosexual way or in a bad way. I'm speaking in in a a, a agape love, God love. I, I I love you because God tells me that I'm supposed to love all men. And so when I say that, it 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 literally, you know, it, it kind of guards go down. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's different when you when you talking to them, and now they understand that this is real. This is authentic. This is not, you know, this is not play play. He's real when he's saying this. He's being transparent when he says this. And so now when we have to have a conversation about the Bible, I got all ears. Mm -hmm. 
and you know it, it's something because um and when we've had some conversation and and and, and i've you know kind of started to follow the ministry a little bit and listen to some of the things you do whether it's on live or or post or anything like that and so it, it's so wild like and i'll be i i wasn't the biggest football fan growing up i wasn't so i didn't really understand this shift this time of year in some men it's like completely different people you know what i'm saying like you could tell like this priority now i've coached before i've coached basketball and so i understand it maybe from that standpoint but when it becomes this where do you think and you you know you coach football so you would definitely know when it comes to men and i want to spend some time on that a little bit before we really dive into what ppk is and, and how you help men but where do you like where is that connection from is it an like is it coming from like obviously there's love of the game we get that I totally understand that 100% but do you think there's anything else that's maybe underlying when it comes to this shift in in a men's transition where everything else takes a back seat to this one thing and then maybe a two part question how can that now shift to Christ instead of football or the job or everything like that because as men we know like we're providers we're fathers we're husbands we're all these things and everything competes for our time and our energy everything whether it's stuff we want or stuff somebody else want and it don't you know as soon as you hit the door when you get home it's you know here come all of these things and so how do we help that um, because I know there's men that are listening that need that help. And so I'm, I'm curious, how do you help them? One, understand it. Um, you went into a little bit about it, but I'm curious, like, where does some of that, some of that underlying, uh, stem from when it comes to those priorities in men? Um, for one, you know, I started sports or football from five and it went straight all the way through to, you know, professional football. And it was it was consuming um, when something consumes you and you spend the majority of your life trying to achieve something and get somewhere um, it's just it is literally part of you, but it becomes it really takes um, your identity away because you believe that um, this is who I am but in all actuality, it's just something that you do. And and I had to come to the realization, and it took me a very long time to come to this conclusion that that God gave me this gift to actually play this game. That, you know, when I, I don't even pay attention to football like I used to now that I am where I am. I don't look at football the same. I don't, you know, it doesn't really interest me the same. I kind of like college football more than I like you know, professional football, but I'm not, you know, overwhelmed by, consumed by it because I now have something different on my mind. I have something different that is driving me. Um, when you realize and when you can sit back and you think about, you know, your priorities in your life, you know, we always tell our kids, you know, you have to, you know, prioritize your life. You can't, you know, you, you give them things that they can do uh, and before they get to do this. And as an adult, we should have the same priorities is, is, is studying and reading and, and, and having a relationship with God more important than spending, you know, 
all day, every day, you know, because I, I used to sit there and watch college football on a Saturday all day long. It's some schools I don't even like, but I was just sitting there watching football all in it, and I realized it was consuming my time. And now, you know, the past four years, my life is not spent sitting in front of a TV watching football because there are other things that's important to me, like spending some time with my wife spending some time, you know, doing some things with our children and, and, and doing ministry stuff and traveling and doing that stuff. So um, spending that time with that, now I talk to guys and men about what's, what's, what's important to you, you know, and I can listen to them and if they tell me their jobs, you know, by the time they say marriage or by the time they say their wife or by the time they say God, it's, it's four and five things down the list. And so I, that's telling me, you know, your priorities are, are, are different. You know, what, what do you think should be priority? And then it gives them enough time to sit and think about, wow, I've never really thought about how I prioritize everything. I, I thought my marriage was good. I thought my God was the first thing in my marriage. But if I or first thing in my life, but when I sit back and I have to look at it or or write it down, I'm, I see it differently. And so it's it's being able to stop, pause for a second, look at, write the stuff down, or or talk about it, and then see where things are. And once a man, a person is able to see, look on a piece of paper and see where their priorities are. Now you're able to make some adjustments. And in each season and each transition, there will be some adjustments. Now, the problem is, are you willing to make those adjustments or are you willing to stay the same? Because if you never make an adjustment, you're going to keep getting the same results and you're going to keep being in the same place. So it's, it's literally about being able to make some adjustments on what you're doing and and what's more important to you and then you know actually doing it yeah yeah and, and that that is so good because i can even think myself as i've shifted um priorities and and whether it was and for me it was always work it, it was always this push to you know achieve and promote and and and, and get this because in my mind i'm like I have to make my job the priority so I can provide for my family. Like, I got to do these things. Like, okay, so I got to work two jobs to do this, or I have to go put in these hours to do this. But when actuality, it's, you know what, I need to prioritize my family time because that time is precious. Um, and, and you mentioned earlier a bad father and, and talking about those things, and I have, like, my own personal story of, you know, my children are now 16 to 20 um, and they all range in that, in that age. And I've missed so much um, from my children. I want to get into a little bit when it comes to PPK. And, and so I want to just jump into that because I, I think it's amazing what you do and how you help men. And so I really want to just start off with just um, we know who you are. We talked about that, right? And, and how did PPK come about? What What was the dream? What was the vision? What did God give you? How did that become your ministry? First of all, Nick, I want to go back to what you were just saying. 
I was in a, I was a college coach for um, six, seven years or something of that nature. And the the time I watched coaches miss uh, their kids going through high school, miss their sports game, miss their games because you know some kids you know high school they play on a Friday and so majority of the time colleges we travel on Friday to for a Saturday's game so you miss a lot of their lives and then the marriages suffer from it because you're missing a lot and so. I walked away from college when I got married. I literally walked away from college coaching when I got married and everybody looked at me like I had five heads. Like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm going to get married. It was like, uh, if people get married and still coach. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I'll see y'all in 10 years because what I wanted to do was have a child, our last child. And then, you know, later on be able to, cause I wanted to do something different. I wasn't a good father to my oldest kids. And so I wanted to do something different. But, you know, as things happen, I, I wasn't even good for, at that time for my for my younger one because my focus still was on something else. And so changing my focus and changing my ways, and, and, and this is leading into PPK because in my worst times, I, God will would be speaking and people used to always ask me well is God still speaking to you when you were in your mess I'm like that's when he spoke to me the most he was like son I'm never gonna leave you nor forsake you can you just stop doing what you're doing and 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 come and so in my worst place he started giving me these visions of 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 ministering to men and, and talking to men and I'm like yeah I'm already a coach I'm I do that already that's the easy thing I mean I I got that covered and, but I didn't understand what he wanted more out of this. And so he used all of the stuff that I've been through, all of the pain, all of the hurt, all of the trauma, all of that to be able to reach men that most people say they're unreachable. Because it was once said that I was unreachable, that I wouldn't make it, that I wouldn't last, that, you know, that I, I, I was literally trying to 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 kill myself i was trying to put myself in hell because of my addictions because of my attitude because of you know my way of life that i was living and so god god really delivered me and by the help of my wife that was constantly loving me constantly you know praying for me constantly doing the things that she that god was asking her to do to be able to help me to be who he said I was. And so my thing is now God was like, I want you to be able to explain to them who they really are. And so my wife bought me this book and it was called Husbands and Fathers by Derek Prince. And this book literally changed my life because it literally talked about the roles of a man, a husband and a father biblically. I did, you know, people always talk about you know, you're supposed to provide for your family, you're supposed to have a job, you're supposed, you know, all the worldly stuff. But nobody was ever talking about the biblical role of who we, who I'm supposed to be. And I saw these three things that really just shook me. And, and it talked about, you know, the roles of Jesus. We always say that uh, we, we, I'm in the image and likeness of Jesus. Jesus, you know, J Jesus is, is, is who I'm supposed to be. And so God says, I want you to keep the focus on my son 
on, on who he is. And so I saw these things in this book and it was like priest, prophet and king. And so I just started reading them and start understanding it. And it stuck to me. And I'm like, PPK. I said, oh, OK, God, I got you. The, the the roles who I'm who I really ain't said this is who I called you to be I said and so he's like I want you to dig into this and and find out show me a, a a role that that my son was the priest show me a role that my son was a prophet that they call him a prophet show me the roles that my son is the king and so I started reading these scriptures that talked about Jesus being a priest, Jesus being a prophet, Jesus being a king. And I'm like, okay, that's what I'm, that, that's what I'm, I'm supposed to be like Jesus. I'm supposed to do what Jesus did. Okay. This is, this is that. And so I start understanding the role of the priest and, and, and that place was to, to, um, to bring my family, um, to God. And just like the, the priest, you know, the, everybody was bringing the, the, their, their, um, uh, issues to the priest and, and, and the priest goes to, to God. It's, it's the same. I'm, I'm there. I'm bringing the cares of my family to God. And, and then as the prophet, I'm just, I'm speaking God's word over my family. And so when I started getting into this and then say, God says, I now operate as this king. I want you to govern what I have entrusted you with. And so I was, it, it was a process of understanding these things. And once I understood it, it was like, okay, I can walk in this. This is something that I can walk in. This is something that I can I can actually do every single day. I can do this every single day. And what this is going to do, it's going to get me closer to God. It's going to get me into his presence. It's going to get me, it's going to change my mindset. Not only change my mindset, but it changes my heart. And so when I started uh, um, ministering this 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 role and God said it's just not a brand it's a way of life this is your lifestyle and so I had to start walking this thing out I mean like walking it out and as I started walking it out and I started ministering it God extended the things that he expanded the things that he entrusted me with uh entrusted me with the ministry entrusted me and now in in, in business affairs and entrusted me with a, a mentoring program that is expanding and not just just men, but we're talking women. We're talking families. It's not just if God says, if I can reach the men, I can get the whole family. And God is all with the whole objective to what God is want. He wants to deal with the whole family, not just one individual, but he wants to deal with the whole family. And so if if, if the men can get in the right place, if men can understand their roles, because let me tell you, society will have you. To have you to lose your identity through through all of these crises, through all of these things, you'll lose your identity as a man and as a as a as a son of God, and then you all of a sudden now you thinking your your job is who you are. No, your job is what you do, and God gives you the ability to do your job. And so when we start understanding who we are biblically, then we understand who we are authentically to God. And that's what matters the most. It doesn't matter what other people think and what other people say. It's about who you are, who, who you wake up every day and you want to represent. You know, the, 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 I hear the kids running around talking about, 
who you repping, who you repping. Man, I'm repping God all day, all day long. It's PPK all day long. What's PPK? Reach Prophet and King. Oh, okay. I get you. Can you tell me what that is? And I tell them what it is. They're like, oh, I like that. I like that. Can, can you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I, can I rep that? You can rep it all day if you're going to live it. Mm, come on, come on, come on. Man, that that is so good because it, it's, and I love how you 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 said a lot. But one of the things I want to to key in on is when you can get to the men, right? When you get to the men, being the heads of households, being the heads um, uh, of where we are. Um, one of the things that that I know is is like when it comes to men and fellowship, right? We, we we tend to put those things in certain buckets. Football, sports, right? We we put family, right, in that, you know, friends. We, that's what we, we attach those things to when it comes to fellowship. But rarely do I do we focus on that prophet, priest, king mentality and fellowship with men, Christ fellowship, right? And I love the ministries I've been a part of because one of the first ones I grew up um, and my story, um, if you've been with Vantage Point uh, for a while and listening, is I grew up without a father, single family home. And when you talk about what the world would think, would say you should be, me being an African-American male in or near an inner city and a single parent home, only my mom, I should have been either in a gang, dead or in jail. I should have been one of those three things. Um, and when I got to a ministry when I was 16, one of the first things I did in that church, um, it was funny because they brought me to church through sports. That was the connection point. But when I got there, they did something called Boys to Men's Ministry. And it was men like you who just took a Saturday. We did some physical exercise. We did some spiritual exercise. And then they just poured into us. I had never been told things I was told back then as a man. Never been told these things. And, and what I ultimately look back on is it was fellowship. And, and I want to ask the question, why do men need fellowship? For one, I believe it's healthy. I mean, the Bible says confess your sins, you know, one to another, if you see a brother down, you know, lift him up. But it it is healthy um, because society has men thinking that they shouldn't, um, you know, talk about their problems. You know, what happens in the house stays in the house, and, and so the enemy has you suffering. <laughs> it, it, you know, it, you are, sometimes you get you get into a place of embarrassment, um, shame that you're in this place, you've done these things, and and so nobody uh, is going to understand, and, and so you don't really talk to anybody. But God showed me that. He, he, he literally showed me um, a, a vault, like a, a bank. And then I started getting prophetic words about you and your wife being a, a bank, and y'all like vaults, and people are going to come to you and talk to you, and and things are going to be, you know, um, going to be sealed. And, you know, and so I, I take that very, very seriously. And so when we have, you know, when we started PPK, 
you know, I let men know that listen, when you come here you come on here, this is this is this is a vault. What comes in does not go out. And 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 no, I can't um monitor who says what or when they say it or whatever, but I make it a point to let them know that, you know, this is God. This is nothing this is ha this has nothing to do with me. This is all about God. And so when we have these conversations, we expecting God to show up and show out. We don't I, I, I pray we pray that it is none of us and it's all of God when we have our meetings and and when we do I have meetings outside of our our Tuesdays because we meet um on Tuesdays at eight o'clock on a Zoom and I got men from all around all around the world that come on. And so but when we do in person um meetings, PPK meetings, a lot of the conversation that some, some of these men I never met in my life and we come and, you know, I'm, I'm very transparent, you know, we'll separate ourselves from, you know, their spouses and we'll go and we'll sit down. And one thing that I, you know, God really um, showed me was when, when, when we sit down and we break bread, everybody's guards kind of go down and then we're able to talk, and I mean, like, really, really talk about issues, talk about things that hurt, things that, that we've gone through, things that we've struggled with. And then in the midst of it, God would have someone to have a answer for someone. I mean, it, it, it never fails. It was like every time we go somewhere in every boot camp we have in every city, every state, that God shows up and shows out and and in and, and one setting our, these these men can become brothers. Like we're talking a couple of hours. That it's it's so amazing, Nick. That I can't even really and truly explain it. But I understand that it's God, and it, the the trust level is so unbelievable that men would say, "Bro, I've never told anybody this. I haven't even told my wife this, and I'm telling men that I've never met in my life." And that place. To me, is like a sacred place that God has literally granted me the the ability to draw men so close that they would, you know, release the thing that has been hurting them, the things that has been tormenting them, mm -hmm. and to be able to pray over them, to be able to pour into them, to be able to give them some some uh, um, some wisdom in some areas, and 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 even using other people, other men in, in that that's around that's that has good. been through some things and now they give a nugget and they say, man, I didn't even know why I was here, but I realized now that I was supposed to be here so I can talk to such and such. And yeah. then they have these, these off, you know, these, these private conversations with each other, man, how did you do this? You know, can I get your number to this? If, if I'm struggling with this, can I call you? And then you got people that, that are brand new into Christ and trying to figure this out. And in the midst of having marital problems and personal problems, you still trying to figure out who God is in your life and to be able to walk them through that process and to be able to help them. Man, I, when I tell you it's so God, I, I, I just, and I'm a very emotional person, Nick. So I'm surprised right now that I ain't crying because I, I get emotional about what God yeah. does and how I see him move. And, and listen, we're talking about 
maybe eight years ago, I was in a bad place, Nick. And I'm talking about where I am now. I know there's a God. I know there's a God. And so when I'm talking to these men, that's what I'm talking about. I know there's a God. You can be delivered. You can be transformed. You can be brand new. You can live a new life. You can do this. You can have the strength. You can have all that God All you have to do is ask. All you have to do is ask. All you have to do is seek and be willing to put in the work, the willing to walk this thing out every single day. I said, I have this thing day by day, situation by situation, get better. Just, just, just get better. Just think about it day by day, situation by situation, get better. Cause every day is going to bring its own situation. That's why you don't take yesterday's cares into the next day. Mm. Say that one more time for him. Say that one more time. Day by day, situation by situation, just get better. Do not take yesterday's situation into today's because today's going to have its own. But you got to get better. You can't just stay the same. So when we're talking about transitioning, every day is a transitioning day. Every day that I'm getting better. I'm I'm not going to look like I did yesterday. I'm not going to feel like I did yesterday. I'm not going to sound like I did yesterday because every day I'm trying to get better. Come on. And it was 365, was it 365 days, six days, whatever, 365? 365, come on. 365, so if it's 365 days, it's 365 days, you got to get better. Now, you might miss one, or you might miss two, but that means is you don't go from first grade to college. You got to take steps. And through those steps, there's a learning process. And so every day is a learning process. How do I get better? Some things you might have to add. Do I have to pray more today? Do I have to worship more today? Do I have to live right today? Do I have to do this right today? Every day is going to have its own day. And you have to focus on that day. Come on. Come on. Man, as we. I, this has been so good because when I think about like again getting back at it, right? Getting back at it, getting making Christ priority in your life, in your walk. Um, I'm telling you, the same can be said for me. The last two years has just been a shift, and like you said, it's an everyday thing. And I know in the series we just talked about, you know, August is this transition month. But I think that's the that's the beauty of Christ. It's like every day we can make the choice to get back at it. You know what? I might have had a bad day. This might have been the day from hell for me. It might have been. It might have been the week. It might have been the summer for you. But the beauty of God and who he is through Jesus Christ is you can get back at it again. And so as we close this out, I want to do, we're going to do a few things. I want, I want to pray for people, specifically men, because I know this is this is that pivotal time of year and, and people are listening to this and they want to make that decision. They just don't know how. And so we have an amazing man of God here who has a ministry that helps men, specifically helps women, helps families 
um, get back into that priority, help them know how to prioritize. Because I do feel, and I think more than anything in the last few years, there has been a desire to prioritize, but they don't have the knowledge to prioritize. And so when you don't have the knowledge, your desire can be your desire all day long, but I need help. I need tools. I need resources. And so I want to know, uh, Pastor Gerald, just how can men get connected to PPK? Well, for one, you can go to our website, ppkglobal.org. Once again, that's ppkglobal.org. And that's our website. And we have um, a, a great um, website. It, 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 it'll lead you through a lot of stuff, through salvation. Um, it'll talk to you about your day-to-day life, um, day-to-day do, um, devotions. Um, I have a lot of um, resources on there um, from driveway motivations to um, coaching um, with, with, with Coach Benton. Um, so it's, we have, I have tons of resources. You can go to our, our, um, marriage page with me and my wife. It's called Jim, Geraldine Yvette Ministries. Um, we have a, a marriage ministry that we help. We do marriage counseling. Uh, we do individuals. We do couples. So, you know, listen, our people perish for a lack of knowledge. And if you don't go and get the resources you need, then you will, you will keep doing the same stuff. So, um, reach out and, and, and find, you know, it might not be our ministry, but just find, um, resources. Ask God to, to direct you into a ministry or to resources that will help you get the, the understanding, to get the knowledge you need to make different choices. Um, to put yourself, to, to be able to shift into the next season that God has planned for you. Um, cause you don't want to be lacking. The, the tools you need for the season that you're getting ready to go into. Um, so, you know, study to show yourself approved, grab the information that you need to, to help you to get back at it. The, the key is to, to, to be, to be back and, you know, to back, back at it, just get back at it, you know, one day at a time, one resource at a time, one session at a time, one, one, uh, one day, you know what I mean? It's, it's, don't stop. You know, the problem is, is when things get really hard, it's like you want to quit. And I, I, I don't want you to quit because there's, there's, I don't want you to quit. Just period. I, I, I don't want you to quit. So, and I got a thing about helping people not quit because I promise you, if, if my wife would have quit, quit on me, I'd have probably been sitting in hell right now. Like literally. Mm sitting in hell because I, I would have drove myself straight to hell. And I just thank God for my wife that loved me and loved God so much that she just didn't quit. She was willing to to endure a decade of of, of anguish because I was I was just a problem. And she, you know, she hurt between her and God. She 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 dealt with it and she found the strength and listen. Out of it, birth gym ministries. Out of our ashes, you know, God says, "I give you beauty for your ashes, or ashes for your beauty." However, it going, uh, however that verse goes, but that's what it, that's what our ministry was birthed out of. It was out of the ashes that 
people thought this was dead and God decided to breathe upon it. And now this ministry is alive and she's, he's caused, he's called us to go in to help, you know, men, women and children, families go into, go into places that, you know, that most people don't just don't want to go because they feel like mm, it, it's just not that. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Come on, come on, come on. Man, I, I just want to th- say thank you for being on. Uh, this has been an amazing kickoff to this this new series, this new season of uh, Vantage Point. And before we go, I just want I just want you to take a moment just to pray uh, for people because there, there's going to be people who, who are listening to this and, and saying, you know what, Nick, Pastor Gerald, I am going through some transition in August. I'm coming out of this. I don't know about this. Man, I have this desire for God, and that might be you. It might be wherever you're listening to, whether it's on on first release or six months from when this episode and this series airs. You might be ten years from now listening to, listening to this episode and saying, "Man, I'm still trying to find it. I, I have this desire." Uh, and but the key to that relationship is taking that first step. And so for, for some people, that's going to be salvation. That's going to be stepping in and saying, "God, I want you to be Lord of my life." And for some people, it's going to be a rededication because the beauty of it, we said it at the beginning of the episode, that it might it's okay that, and I think that sometimes we don't get into the mindset like, oh, I don't want to really admit that I just, you know what, I dropped the ball. You know what, God, I got to summer, I got to all of these things going on in my life, and I just put you on the back burner. And, and, and if we're transparent, we've all done it. We've all taken a moment where we say, you know what, God, I'm going to put you back here. I'm going to come get you in a moment. But now as we shift and refocus to make him back the priority, make him the center, make him first, I just want you to just take a minute and pray for people um, as they as they deal with this and they have that desire, but they quite don't know how to do it. So just take a moment, Pastor, and just pray for everybody. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Father God, we come to you asking for forgiveness for anything that we've said, did, done, thought wrong, any disobedient act that was against your will and your word. Lord, we ask to be forgiven now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for these individuals, Father God, that are making a decision, Father God, to turn back to you, making the decision, Father God, to have you in their lives, Father God, that they have sinned and they have come, they have, they have uh, um, come short, Father God, and they're asking, Father God, that they can be saved, that they can walk in eternal life, Father. And I thank you right now that you are a loving God, that you are a forgiving God. And that you are forgiving them, Father God, and you're leading them now into the places that they need to go, to the resources that they need to go, Father God. And I counsel everything that will cause them, Father God, to stumble and fall. All those things that will cause them, Father God, to be stagnant. I bind the spirit of stagnation. I bind all rest of development, causing them not to grow, causing them not to mature. Father God, I decree and declare that they will operate as men and women and children of God now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for raising them up, Father God. I thank you for removing the barriers, Father God, removing the limits that they have limited themselves, Father God, now in the name of Jesus, that they will truly rise to the occasion, Father. Now in the name of Jesus, they're moving forward in the name of Jesus. I bind the spirit of backlash and retaliation. I bind the spirit of condemnation that are condemning themselves, Father God, from the things that they did in the past, Father. I thank you that they're forgiving themselves. I thank you, Father God, that they're operating in the spirit of love, that they not only can love others, but they can love themselves again now. 
in the name of Jesus, Father. I plead the blood of Jesus over them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. I decree and declare that they, the trauma that they have that had in their lives, Father God, is being healed now. They're being made whole again, Father God. I declare that the men are rising and they're walking in their rightful roles as the TPKs. I decree and declare that the wives are operating as a helpmeet that is suitable, Father God, now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the children. They are protected from any hurt, harm, or danger, accidents, and incidents now in the name of Jesus. I speak a hedge of protection around the family. In the name of Jesus, Father God, that there will not be any breaches, any gaps that have the enemy to come in and cause division, cause confusion in the family. Now, in the name of Jesus, I speak a newness now, a, 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 renew, a, a renewed spirit upon the home now. In the name of Jesus, reset, reboot them now. In the name of Jesus, that they are being reset into the right place and into their rightful roles now. And that they will walk it out now. In the name of Jesus, Father, we give you the honor. We give you the glory, Father God, that we know that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, Father God. And we thank you for the dunamis power, Father God, that, that sits inside of We thank you for the spirit of the Holy Ghost. We thank you, Father God, for your son, Yeshua, paying the price for our sins, Father God. We thank you for the blood that he shed upon the cross for our sins, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that we're able to be healed by the stripes that he had on his back, Father God. We thank you right now. We thank you. We thank you for loving us enough to send your only begotten son to pay the price for us. And Father God, we commit to serving you. We commit to being your servants, Father God. We commit to walking. We submit to walking into your will and your way in the name of Jesus. Father, you say the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. I declare that each and every man, Father God, is being in right alignment. Father God, remove the scales off of their eyes that they can see the hope of their calling. No longer will they walk in darkness. No longer will they walk blind, Father God. But they will be able to see the authentic them. They will see who you have called for them to be. Now in the name of Jesus, I decree it and I declare it. And I say it is so. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. And thank you again, Pastor Gerald, for being on, for kicking this season four series of Back At It Off. And, and for everybody else that's listening, man, I want to just thank you all for tuning in again. And I want to remind you, keep seeking insight, keys, and perspective to daily living through the lens of God. I promise it'll change your life. We'll see you next week on Vantage Point Podcast. Mm -hmm.